재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, last Wednesday, the South Korean government offered citizenship to 38 descendants of 10 independence activists who fought against Japanese colonial rule in the early part of the 20th century. The Ministry of Justice said among those eligible for naturalization, 32 are currently Russian citizens, while five hold Chinese citizenship and one is from the United States. Well, today in commemoration of Korea's 71st anniversary of independence, we have a special guest. One of those descendants, the U.S. citizen, a granddaughter of one of Korea's most prominent independence fighters, Brenda Peck Sonu, joins us on the line right now. Hello. Hi. Annyeonghaseyo. Thank you very much for joining us, ma'am. Uh, first, could you just briefly introduce yourself for our listeners out here? Sure. Um, uh, I'm a third-generation Korean-American, uh, I guess in Hangul known as Jamie Samsek Kyopol. Mm-hmm. And I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I graduated from UCLA in the 60s, majoring in sociology and education. Um, by profession, I eventually became a writer and photojournalist. And my husband and I now live in Jeju Island. And in 2011, I wrote a book about the Jeju Henya called Moon Tides. And we just fell in love with the island in Korea and uh, made it our second home. Wow, that's great. And it is always great to meet a fellow Bruin. So uh, certainly um, very ah. pleased to have you on the program. Um, <laughs> I just mentioned in the introduction, of course, this is a big decision by the government to give us your thoughts now that you are living in the country. Um, having been granted Korean citizenship, what it means to you? It's pretty emotional. As we're talking, I'm kind of looking at a wedding picture of my uh, grandfather, uh, Im Chung-gu Mok-san, and my grandmother, Im Eh-san. So as a third-generation Korean-American, I have to say I really feel quite honored and humbled to have dual citizenship for the U.S. and Korea. In the U.S., because I was born there, my citizenship was automatic. But here in Korea, it's a volunteer decision uh, to seek and accept this honor. So at last Wednesday's ceremony, I was just so touched. You know, when I walked into the room at the Ministry of Justice in Seoul and saw all these other descendants, most of them from Russia, young, old, and I started to really appreciate more deeply the Korean diaspora, which forced Korea patriots to leave their homeland at the time of Japanese occupation, they they really suffered politically, economically, psychologically, and culturally, right. and yet, you know, they never forgot their homeland, ever. So to be here, being honored for them, was really very humbling, very humbling and emotional. We have a very diverse audience, uh, a lot of Korean listeners as well as expat listeners, and uh, many of our Korean listeners know very well from studying their history books about Im Jong-gu, but can you just tell us, uh, about, um, in your own words, your grandfather, Im Jong-gu, and, and his contribution to the independence of Korea? Right. Unfortunately, I never met my grandfather because um, Im Jong-gu, Mok San Nam, he died at age 53 in 1939. I was born in 1948, but my grandmother, Im S. Sung, she lived with us. So I grew up attending the Korean Methodist Church in L.A. and was taught very early about our family's support for An Chang-ho, Korean independence and democracy. So my grandfather, he was a minister of the Korean Methodist Church in Oakland, California for over 22 years. And a couple of years ago, it celebrated its 100-year anniversary. And this was not only the religious center for Korean Americans, but the hub of Korea politics. So my grandfather, he was also a leading member of the Kuming Hue and preached the gospel and Korean independence all over the state. 
setting up churches and also fundraising for the overseas patriotic movement. Uh, he was also one of the first Korean graduates at UC Berkeley mm. and later received his master's and bachelor of divinity at the Pacific School of Religion, also in California. So I'm really pretty proud of him as a patriot, Christian and educator. And certainly, as uh, I've pointed out, um, you learn about this as a Korean student, uh, if you study history, uh, but, you know, the generations are changing. And uh, we have, of course, uh, in the U.S., you can term them millennials. Uh, do you think that the awareness and the contributions of uh, our forefathers, including your grandfather, the sacrifices uh, they have made, uh, do you think it's fading in the collective conscious? Do you think more needs to be done to raise that awareness? Uh I don't know if I'd say it's fading because I'm not sure if it was ever really greatly emerging. Okay. <laughs> but I think those who, but those of us who are descendants, um, I think have an obligation to help raise that awareness. So um, I think there are several things that come to mind uh, that uh, descendants can do. I mean, years ago when I was younger, I started to interview the first generation Korean Americans that came to the United States. I think young kids today, um, especially with their grandparents, those who are still living in their 80s and 90s, they should be interviewed because even if they weren't uh, identified as patriots, of course, in spirit they were, and their histories, their oral histories should be really um, uh, gathered. And then uh, many of us had uh, archival photos in our family albums. I've donated that to the University of Southern California because they have an online Korean American History Museum. So I think those Mm. Photos can be contributed given, you know, social media and Internet museums so that people, researchers can go back and find the history. And then on another smaller social scale, every year, um, one year we had a a Chuseok in the United States and got the grandchildren together and made a family tree and uh, tried to show and give the history uh, during family reunions about our uh, ancestors. So I think there are ways to do it, but it could be small ways, big ways. Uh, but I think that's part of the obligation of those of us who are descendants of these patriots to keep that spirit and history alive. You mentioned how uh, you have now settled uh for the time being in Jeju, you fell in love with the place, uh, the important work you've been doing personally as a writer, a photojournalist, um, including uh, with the uh, Henyas. Um, what do you personally uh, plan to further do? And do you see, I suppose, um, being in Korea uh, as part of that long-term future? Yeah, you know, uh, as I said, I was born in 48, so I'm not a spring chicken. I'm in my 60s. But uh, I think my husband and I really do feel more of a commitment to use, you know, our social awareness and our professional skills to do contributive things here in uh, Korea. My husband still does a lot of conflict resolution trainings, peace trainings. I would like to, I'm planning to write my fourth book, which will be more of a memoir of my uh, relationship to Korea and Jeju. And of course, in that, um, I will include essays of my grandfather and this momentous citizenship that I received and what that means to me. So that's one of the ways that I plan to uh, integrate some of this uh, recent uh, occurrences in my ongoing professional work. 
And as we're saying, it is a holiday, and for a lot of people now these days, it just means an excuse to have that extra day off and maybe go travel somewhere. Maybe not spend a lot of time in terms of the uh, the, the pomp and circumstance of how the nation traditionally uh, celebrates Liberation Day. Just as a final thought, um, and for our listeners who are listening right now, um, do you have any um, message you'd like to share to our listeners um, on this day, in a, in a way that I suppose you hope that they take away from it, even not just this year, but I guess in subsequent years on August fifteenth. Yeah, I do. You know, our our I think we have to pause and and really remember that our ancestors sacrificed for all the freedoms we enjoy today, and in their wildest dreams, I don't think they could have ever imagined Korea as we know it today. I mean, we are no longer an occupied country, uh, but we are still a divided country. So even though it may seem daunting to reconcile differences, I still believe big changes start in small ways. Everyone out there has a gift. It's important, I think, to discover it, nurture it, and apply it in service of your community and country and global neighbors. As we say in the U.S., you know, build bridges, not walls. I think sometimes our mindset still has to be liberated. Uh, so I just hope that people realize that there's always something within them that can be cultivated for the greater good. And I hope people will know that if they follow that, it's following the spirit of our ancestors. And that's what led them to help free Korea from Japanese uh, occupation. And lastly, again, uh, because I am here in Korea, Susan, I am very grateful to the Ministry of Justice for granting me my citizenship and allowing me to share that last Wednesday with 37 other descendants of patriots. So, uh, well, uh, 감사합니다 to you as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, uh, especially on this day. And best of luck to you. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Our special guest, Brenda Peck Sanu.